Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. I've got a friend in the studio today and a fellow registered dietitian. Whoop, whoop. Miss Donna Speed. She's with the Dairy Alliance, and June 1st kicked off June Dairy Month, and yesterday being World Milk Day. So welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, for yesterday being World Milk Day, and we're celebrating June Dairy Month, we want to ask you, what is your favorite thing to drink with a glass of ice-cold milk? You can let us know, 601-879-4395. Many of you will say PB&J, and I will second that with maybe some Oreos or a good soft uh, brownie. I'm not sure. Maybe some good cookies. Ooh. I haven't. Yeah. What would be for you, Donna? What would be your most favorite thing Peanut to drink? Peanut butter and jelly with a ice ice-cold glass of that it, milk. Yes, milk's right up there with one of those things a good ice cold glass just pairs well with specific things mm-hmm. and so we want to know what that is uh, for you so this is a busy month though for our hard-working dairy farm families here in mississippi so how do you guys celebrate june dairy month we have a lot of activities going on throughout the entire month to celebrate dairy month you know because our dairy farmers work so hard sometimes they get a bad rap and the fact that, you know, there's a lot of myths out there. But our dairy farmers are very much concerned about the care of their animals. They're very much concerned about the earth. They do everything to try to utilize their resources as much as they can. When we think of dairy farming, we don't always think of Mississippi. You think of the Midwest. But we've got some great family farms still here in Mississippi. Yes. It was a more thriving industry at one point, I do believe. But that doesn't mean that it count us out in the dairy world. Do you know how many farms we still have here in Mississippi? Yes, we have 47 farms still in the state. That's more than some of the other states that our company works with. But, you know, part of the the thing with the family-owned farms is that their young children, well, their adult children, don't want to take over. They realize that it's a very hard business. Mm -hmm. Some of the farms have joined in together. So instead of being able to say we have three farms, now it's one farm that has joined together to ease up on production and to make better use of their resources. I see here the top three milk-producing counties in Mississippi is Marion, Kapai, and Walthall. 
County, Correct. which I think Walthall County at one point really was a booming they dairy were. county. They were. They were one of the biggest. And in fact, let me put a plug in because Saturday is their Walthall Dairy County Day. And if you've never been to it, it's a really fun event in Tyler Town. They have tons of activities. They have all kind of contests involving dairy and milk. They have prettiest baby contests, singing contests. You name it, they have it going on. That's also where they have the turtle racing contest. Yes, it is. It is. They have the turtle racing. And we give away free milk and ice cream. Which I think is worth getting out on a hot summer summer day for to enjoy. Always a good time. There's also burn, butter churning contests yes. and yes. things of that nature. But we still, and we mentioned, Rhino and I had talked about it before, the Walthall County's turtle races. If you know how turtle races got to be part of a dairy festival, 601-879-4395. We never connected those dots, but it's definitely something for the family for sure. Yes, I'm not sure how that happened. Now, one thing that's a lot of fun for the kids, is that uh, Tanya, one of our dairy farmers, will be there with her cow, Purple. And Purple will let you, Purple is actually black and white, but Purple lays down and lets the kids crawl all over her. She loves being at the festival. Oh, and kids love um, cows, too, so yes. or at least baby cows, for sure. And we should appreciate our cows because the total amount of milk produced in 2022 here in Mississippi was 10.4 million gallons yes that's a lot of that's a lot of fluid milk it really is you know and the thing about it is now that's um not just produced here in mississippi but throughout our region but it's a lot of milk and we're trying everything we can to make better use of what we have as far as resources try to increase production because you know the, the more milk a cow can make then the more that the farmer will profit some. Absolutely, which, I mean, it's still a business, which I think people sometimes forget when it comes to agriculture, like particularly those with um, animal farming. You know, you still have to, the, the farmer has to be able to support their family. It can't be given away for, for free. And so, you know, looking at yes. it that way, one of the best um, field trips we've been on yet in my six years in sc- with, a, with a kid in school uh, was, I guess, for fourth grade year. So that would have been last year or the year before last. We went to Mississippi State and got to tour the the dairy science program there and go to the dairy farm and get to see the cows and how they take care of them. And uh, it's just really incredible what they're doing in terms of dairy science there at at Mississippi State and beyond to, you know, to sort of help with sustainability and all the things you were mentioning, Donna. They really, they do a good job there. And every year they have a fall event and a spring event that anyone can come to. It doesn't cost anything. And it's a great program. It's hands-on. The kids get to try to milk a cow. They get to pet the baby calves. They get to see how everything is done. Milk a cow. That's something I'd like to see my kid try to do before she ate her frosty flakes in the morning. Could you imagine if kids had to go out and milk their get their milk for their breakfast? Uh, what life would sort of sort of be like? Another fun statistics I see here, Donna, is Mississippi is home to about seven thousand dairy cows, and they produce an average of four point nine gallons of milk yes. uh, per, per day. That's a lot uh, of milk. That is a lot of milk. But when you think about it, too, it says here that the average herd is about one hundred and forty nine milking cows. We're not talking about big, large monstrosity of of you know. Um, um, Correct. Whatever type of farming, it, commercial farming, this, these are still very family-owned, family-centered, family-operated. Yes. Small to medium sort of size. Yes, they are. And the farmers know every one of their cows by name. 
They know everything about them. Now, they do use a lot of the computer systems, and they have tags in their ears where they can keep up with them. Uh, a few of the farms do have some things computerized so they can keep up with how much milk they make each time. But for the large part, a lot of our dairy farms are still very small. They're just family-run. You talk about a lot of the different programs. One thing that I think people don't recognize is our farm families here in Mississippi, along with the Dairy Alliance, are very committed to our schools. What are some of the great organizations or great programs that may be in our schools that we don't recognize that are through our dairy farmers? Okay. Through our dairy farmers, we receive grants. And so with that, and then through the Dairy Alliance, we give these grant funds out to schools to increase dairy and to increase breakfast. Right now, the big hot thing that the schools like is an iced coffee program. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you mean that's the cold cold thing that's that's hot right now, right? (laughs) Yeah, the big, hot, cold iced coffee. (laughs) But we're doing that in a lot of high schools. I just gave out uh, 17 more grants. Most of those were for iced coffee programs, uh, smoothie programs. And, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to do just promote that we do smoothie programs if we realize that a school has a refrigerator out you know nobody wants to drink lukewarm milk uh-uh. so that's when we'll try to help them get a refrigerator and get a milk box we are getting some of the display boxes like you would see in a fast food store and with that they can put yogurt parfait sandwiches salads as long as it has some cheese on it or some type of dairy then we have these grants that are available too when you think about, I could hear a parent maybe cringe when you hear iced coffee. Why would you want to be giving that that much caffeine to teenagers? And I'm here to tell you, they're drinking their energy drinks. They're drinking their loaded yes. teas. They're drinking everything else. And as a, from a dietitian standpoint, if I could swap one of those or two of those servings a week for just some coffee with some actual milk that's got nutrients in it, I feel like that... That's a win. It is. It's a win-win. And actually, the iced coffee, because it is a concentrate that they use, and they don't use very much of it, they use sugar-free syrup with it. So the iced coffee actually has less caffeine than a can of soft drink. Well, don't tell the teenagers that. I know, I know. They think that they're really getting (laughs) a buzz from it. But, you know, it counts as part of their school meal, what a lot of the schools are doing. You can get this iced coffee as part of your meal. Just come and get a meal, too. We want you to eat some grain. We want you to have some fruit. We just want you having something to start your day off. Which I think um, is a good thing, too, that we need to remember is how much effort they go into promoting those all-around sort of healthy habits. Yes, it's about moving more milk through schools, but that comes along with your other food groups, your Correct. other things. And, I mean, if, if kids are getting encouraged left and right to for sugary sweetened beverages or for, you know, uh, junk foods and chips and whatever, the good stuff needs to be marketing to them um, as well and making it as easy as possible for them to make a better choice. It does. Uh, I recently was in Long Beach and we were doing an iced coffee sampling and one of the coaches went and got a lot of his students. I don't know where they were, but a lot of his athletes and came over there and said, you guys need to try this. You need to be drinking this every day so I can make sure you get your milk. No, oh, I love that. All right. Speaking of milk, you got it coming in on the C Spire text line. We want to know what's your favorite thing to drink in a glass of ice cold milk with. Maybe you are like, oh, someone said a Krispy Kreme donut. Sharpie in Wayne County said, let us know. We've got more with Donna coming up next.
upbeat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Things. Don't forget you can catch us on your computer, your mobile device. You can also watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube. You can also find Good Things Live on C Spire TV if you've got that. We're on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And also you can catch Good Things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. We are continuing our milk conversation with Donna Speed. She's a registered dietitian with the Dairy Alliance and the dairy farm families here in Mississippi. And it is June, so it means it's June Dairy Month. Yesterday was World Milk Day. So our question for you today is, what is your favorite thing to have a glass of ice cold milk along with? We've got hot pecan pie coming in on the text line. I ain't mad at it. Whole milk with white bread is awesome. So that goes along with what you said, too, Donna, that a glass of milk kind of pairs well with just about any sandwich, right? There is something about that white bread, especially if it's a sort of a white bread traditional sort of sandwich. Now, Rhett and Ridgeland, I have never tried this, but I'm not going to be mad at it until, I, until I've tasted it. Cherry Kool-Aid mix and milk is surprisingly good. So I don't know if that's sort of like a, you know, you have your strawberry milk, right? Yeah, I like, bet that would be good. It would be something. So Rhett and Ridgeland, I need to know how much milk to how much mix. Are you putting like a packet of milk a packet that would make a gallon into a gallon of milk or how are you okay Rhett, Rhett and Ridgeland we need your detailed recipe on on that I still like to dip chocolate chip cookies in milk every night before I go to bed there is something magical about a chocolate chip cookie that will soak up the milk not all are made for dipping but the can. ones that will yeah there's something unique about that. I always like cornbread and a little sweetener with my milk. My grandmother got me into that. Yes. My um my late grand I mean my, not my late grandfather, my late father in law would make a meal out of whole milk and cornbread or buttermilk and cornbread. Yep. He would get this glass of buttermilk, crumble up fresh or leftover cornbread from the whatever, and then sit there and just eat it with a spoon like it was just dessert or or something and i always thought well this is interesting but hey to each his own i think yeah because it's good I mean, for you it's good for you that's what a lot of our grandparents and great-grandparents did they would have their biggest meal at lunch yeah so supper would be just cleaning up the leftovers and what better way to do that with than buttermilk and some cornbread yes, and because you know that milk has it's one of the high quality protein foods Mm -hmm. you know it does contain the good protein that we need it contains essential nutrients it's just an all-around good food for us to consume every single day which is sad because we we teach our kids or we encourage our kids to drink their milk so you'll have strong bones and teeth there's good science behind that kids who don't get milk unless they're eating their cedar plank salmon and getting their fresh (laughs) spinach out the garden then they're probably missing those key nutrients and so but we forget as adults we need those too so it's still important to to drink your milk or get in your dairy foods even older i was actually at a medical conference and i had two orthopedic doctors to come up and they were saying that they had come to realize that a lot of their youth that they see with fractured bones and broken bones and asking them they're not consuming their dairy every day so they said we tell everyone get your milk in every single day 
I think part of that is just because there, now there's more options. Yes. You talk about like back in the day, you only had water, coffee, water, or milk. Yeah. And occasionally the Kool-Aid, as Rhett and Ridgeland is now putting in his milk, which I think is great. But, um, but so now there's other things fighting for your for your kids' uh, glass as much as it is for their for their plate. And we just forget that it has its place. If somebody says, but Donna, milk gives me gas, I'm lactose intolerant, How, what do you say to that? Well, if you're lactose intolerant, you can get the lactose-free milk. It'll still have all the essential nutrients, and it shouldn't bother you. You also can eat hard cheeses and a lot of the yogurts. You can handle that. A lot of people can handle that. Which is good. And I know someone texts in, they always do. We are the only animal that drinks milk from another animal. And I would remind you we're the only mammal that does a lot of things that other animals don't do. And there's a lot of animals that will drink milk. You just got to put it down there for them. They don't have the thumbs to get it. I've never seen a cat turn away cow's milk. So, you know, I know there's a lot of thinking around it, but... As a dietitian, I just know the science, and I understand the vehicle that milk is for good nutrients that are needed for growth and for um, health. And it's just sad that we're missing that that opportunity to provide our family members with that just because of thinking that doesn't make sense. Well, you know, there's so many myths out there and so many misconceptions. And, you know, milk is a natural type food. It really is. It comes from the cow. Yes, we pasteurize it, but it's still... A really good beverage, and it's a serving is only twenty five cents for an eight ounce serving of milk. You get two or three servings of milk a day. You have everything that you need, just about. Absolutely. And so, let's talk about though on the farm. You had some good statistics about trying to. Do, <laughs> I just love. It. I just want to be able to say cow farts. So, trying to um, to manage. <laughs> I don't want to say it again. What are our farmers we up can to? Say cow burps. Yes. Okay. So the farmers, you know, there's been a lot of uh, talk about the cows really contributing to the emission gases. And um, so what they're doing now, they're using seaweed and other ingredients in their food. And in doing that, they hope to cut back on the cow burps by 30, by 20 to 50 percent. Who has to measure that? I don't know. It, I don't think it will be me. <laughs> but they've changed up what they do a whole lot. And, you know, the cows, they actually eat a lot of things that other people can't consume. They eat like almond, you know, husk. They they just have, with their stomachs, they can tolerate a lot of waste, like the orange peels. A lot of things like that that would otherwise be in the the landfill. Mm-hmm. So now it's being used again. The same way with the farmers, the way they use their water. You know, they are masters of that. They use their water first to chill the milk. Then they use it to feed the cows for the cows to have a hydration. Then they use it to mist the cows. They use it to wash out the barn. Mm -hmm. Then they save that water. And because guess what else is in that barn? The manure. But they then turn around and take that water that's been flushed out and use it on their fields to um, help grow the food again that they'll be cutting back and using to feed the cows. And someone also asked, what are my thoughts on banning raw milk? I think that's a public health uh, priority. I think when you can't regulate 
raw milk, then you can't be able to sell it to the public without with good conscience. If you wouldn't eat raw chicken, you wouldn't drink raw milk. And you don't know what happens to the milk once it leaves the farm. You put it in the back of your um, car. You make a few stops and errands. You have the opportunity for terrible bacteria to grow. And then a small child or a pregnant woman, terrible things can happen from that, just like they wouldn't eat raw chicken. They were going to cook it first. If you want the safest milk, you're going to pasteurize it first. I know there's a lot of people who find their ways to raw milk with trusted farmers, and that's your business. But in the terms of making it a general public opportunity, I think you're asking for an enormous amount of risk that just is unnecessary. And then also, who accepts responsibility? Is it going to be the farmer? Because you didn't um, correctly like cool it down or take care of it on your way home? Or do you assume the risk? So, I mean, there's just right. there's so many more questions to that than just simply, why do you ban raw milk? Because you wouldn't eat raw chicken. So that's my that's my thoughts on that. Well, and I agree with you because there is a chance that you take. And so to protect the public, it mm-hmm. needs to be pasteurized. Absolutely. We do have a lot of small farms around us that, you know, are taking care of their own milk, pasteurizing it, making cheese with it, you know, but that still, you know, I mean, I know that a lot of those are safe, but I'm going to get my milk at the grocery store most of the time. And I definitely wouldn't get raw milk from a farmer I didn't know. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Now, some of the milk that's been pasteurized that's at the farmer's markets, you know that's fine to have. But the raw milk, I, I would steer clear of it. And I, I would never support anything that opened that up to being available to the general public to just go to a farm and purchase raw milk. I think you're just asking for a health crisis night. Well, not a crisis, but a health nightmare for individual families. Well, because at the dairy farms, the milk is checked so much and it's regulated so much for any type of bacteria. If something is wrong with a whole hundred gallons of milk, it's destroyed. Right. Where if you're just buying it raw, you don't have that safety precaution there. Absolutely. Well, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to celebrate dairy farmers and their delicious products that they make over the month. So where do we go, uh, Donna, to keep up with everything? Okay, go to thedairyalliance.com. We have a lot of good recipes, a lot of activity sheets, a lot of information, a lot of good films, videos. You can also go to Milk Pelp, P-E-P, and that also has a lot of good information. Main thing, just think dairy, the Dairy Alliance. What about recipes? We have a lot of good recipes. We have a lot of good ice cream recipes for June on there, too. Do people still make uh, churn ice at, I mean, turn ice cream at home? I did that two weeks ago. Yes, ma'am. What'd you make? I made vanilla ice cream. I used pasteurized eggs in it. I used the whole milk. But I made a big container of it, and there were maybe two small bowls left by the end of the day. All righty. Well, that sounds delicious on June Dairy Month. So get your recipes, enjoy your milk, cheese, yogurt, ice cream, however else you want to do it. And you guys also stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks 
healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Spider-Man. But a very special Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2099 theme song. All right. So that we're, this is the future? Kind of. Kind of? And the only reason why I guessed that right today, Tanya, is because um, I know it's coming out this week. Yeah, yeah. So I, got it, I had done my homework just a little bit or had seen enough commercials for it that I figured this has to be, this has to be it. So yeah. It's a big weekend for Spider-Man, huh? It is. And I got to see it last night. This one is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And so Rana's already mentioned 2099. There is a Spider-Man, as my uncle would say, more Spider-Man spider creatures than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> I mean, there's like hundreds. So how do they do this in the storyline? How do they spin out all these different spider people? Well, you just have all these different universes, uh, multiverse. And so um, the story, okay, so in the first one, we met Miles, who is the new, su- uh, the new Superman, the new Spider-Man. And so there's a new ne- nemesis in this one who is out to get Miles because he blames Miles for his situation, which is he is a kind of a blank face creature with holes, black holes all in him. <laughs> and those are actual portals. And he starts weaving in and out of all of these dimensions and causes a problem. And so Miles has to jump in along um, with... um not Mary Jane, but Man. thank you. And um, they together are going through all of these multiverses um, where they have to band together with all these other spider creatures and save the world, basically. Gotcha. <laughs> always, the world is always in peril. Yeah. But so when the first one came out, and when I say first one, I mean the first, this new animated, um, you know, Sony animation um, projects. Um, it just kind of turned everything on its ear. It was like one of the first non-Disney movies, animated movies, to win an Oscar. The animation was like unlike anything we had seen up until that point. And this one takes it to the next level. I mean, there are all kinds of animation styles going on at the same time. And when I saw it, just for my schedule, I just happened to pick the IMAX screening and boy, am I glad I did. You really need to see this in an IMAX theater if you can. So what's the difference? What's an IMAX if someone has never experienced it? Well, just a ginormous screen. I mean, just so, and this is just one of those that you've got to go see in the theater. Not everybody can go to IMAX because not every market has it. But if you can, try to. If you can't, go to the biggest screen you can find because you will not be disappointed. But several, you know, a bunch of different styles. You've got, you know, your computer animation, some live action from all of the iterations of Spider-Man we've seen up until now um, show up, some hand-drawn animation. It's just a feast for the eyes. Um, 
I felt like I was sitting in a watercolor painting at some points. I mean, it's just really incredible. Um, and I'm going to see it again because it's so much that I feel like I missed. Do you need to have seen any others before coming to see this one? No, I think you will definitely enjoy it and appreciate there's all kinds of Easter eggs in it. So you're going to, of course, enjoy it much more if you have a little history with the series. Um, as far as the animated one that came out before this one a few years ago, um, it's okay if you didn't see that one because at the very beginning it kicks off and just kind of catches you up to where they are. Um there's t- several new additions. Um, you've got this spider council, um, and they're like the, I guess, the police of all of these, uh, the spider verse, keeping law and order. And um, so we made a lot of new characters, but two of my favorites, one is spider punk. Uh, he is like a cool rocker guy who's got a guitar as part of his little get up um and it's voiced by daniel kalua and i mean he is so cool and his animation style he just stands out every time he's on the screen and then there's a motorcycle riding spider woman named jessica drew who just happens to be pregnant so the whole time i'm a little stressed out about her (laughs) riding around in a motorcycle pregnant um, and she's voiced by Issa Rae. So, I mean, just all kinds of new fun characters. Um, I think that if you're a fan of the comic books that, uh, you know, that a lot of these characters are introduced in, you're really, really going to love it even more. But I knew nothing and I enjoyed it. But I noticed the theater was pretty full and there were a lot of like, 30-ish to 40-ish year old men (laughs) who were having the time of their lives. I mean, they had so much fun. Lots of laughing out loud. So, Rhino, in the, I guess, the comic book world, is this something that was comic books, you know, 20 years ago that's just now being made to a movie? Or is it ongoing comic books that then get made to a movie several years later? Yes and no. A lot of these spider people that are coming from the different universes, are newer creations. But then you do have some, like the theme we heard coming in, Spider-Man 2099. That was a character created in, like, 92. And it ran in comics from 92 to, like, 96 or 97. So people our age, it was kind of a formative part of our growing, our, our, our adolescence. And then he just kind of went away. And he's he's made comebacks in, in different... Mm-hmm comic series but it's just kind of a blast from the past for just that one and there's hundreds of those gotcha okay so, but good good for them to be able to get out and enjoy their job yeah, yeah yeah and they were clearly excited because this was like one of the very first showings so they were there um and it, i always enjoy it so much more when i get to watch a movie with people that are having a good time mm-hmm. and everybody in the theater loved it now i took one for the team and i stayed till the very end and i will tell you there are no bonus scenes oh. so <laughs> after the first you're going to want to see it you know the, the of course this is sony animation but it's also co-produced by marvel but you know those initial credits you're going to want to sit there anyway because it's more animation and it's just amazing to watch 
Um, and there's a little title graphic that comes up that just lets you know that Miles will be back. And there is another follow-up movie coming out next year. So that kind of tells you we kind of end on a cliffhanger. Um, and I cannot wait for the next one to see see what happens next. Also, it is animated. It's PG. But... Your kids may not make it. It's two hours and 20 minutes. So if you have littles, this may not be the movie for them. It's long. Yeah, it's a very long movie. Um, but, yeah, certainly worth your time. Um, if you have ever watched Spider-Man, you're going to love it because there is a nod to pretty much every version of Spider-Man that exists. So, is there yeah. anything that can compete with it this weekend? Well, I don't know about competing, but there's a horror movie coming oh. out this weekend, The Boogeyman. No, thank you. <laughs> you didn't take one for the no, team there. I did Sonya? not take one for the team on this one. But yeah, so it's you know a, a good old horror movie um, that is about um, a family that is. Um, having some problems their mother dies and it's two girls uh you know two sisters and a dad left behind and they're struggling the dad's kind of distant dealing with his own issues so they bring in uh the dad's a therapist uh he has this patient that comes into their home for some counsel from the dad and little do they know that he believe he leaves behind a supernatural entity that preys on families Thanks, Dad. Uh, that are in the midst of suffering. So they have to deal with all that. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's PG-13. But Which means it's not. It's R. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to have, have a sit down with all of these people who put their the ratings. I'm like, you, you're messing up the cards. Yeah. I don't know what... What you think PG-13 is, but it's not whatever's out there right now, I promise you. Yeah, they need to start putting asterisks and letting you know exactly what's in there. They do, or they just, or basically stop rating things and just tell me, check the boxes. Yeah. Or any of these things in there, and then I can make the decision whether, you know, to sort of go see it or not. Yeah. Uh, in that way, because Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, the Little Mermaid is still out there. It's huge, doing huge numbers. Number one last week for sure. It's going to be interesting to see. I feel like Spider-Man's going to be a close run. I think Spider-Man will come on top, but I think they're both going to do really well this weekend. All righty. Things to look forward to and to get out and see. Thank you, Tanya, for your time. But you guys stick with us. i got a little bit more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
know well I'm a chicken fried A cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio world That was the first concert we took Kneebuck to And it's the first time I had ever heard The unedited versions of Toes in the Sand (laughs) (laughs) And so Pro tip to parents who are going to take their kids to see concerts of artists you hear on the radio. Listen to the album uncut prior to actually taking said kid. And and don't buy the album at Walmart. And Oh, is it also edited? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I I can't tell you the last time. Walmart's notorious for editing the albums they sell. Really? In weird and strange ways. Like instead of muting the word or changing out the words they'll just put noises over it like you'll get to a curse word and you'll hear a car horn (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) my grandparents god bless both their souls rest in peace we love you they had the they bought into the cuss buster back in the back whenever i mean my grandfather was a church of god preacher and all the things and they just wanted to listen to the news but you could go back and you could choose which words like you wanted to to bleep out and then connect it to your um, connected to your then cable or whatever it may be. And we got analog technology, analog technology. And that is how they would watch their shows as they had a little cussbuster set. Could you, you wouldn't even be able to make it through. You probably could now on cable, still cable TV. They, oh, yeah. they'll drop them. I get it. It's not, um, I feel like the envelope's being pushed more there in terms of, 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 um, I guess, uh, PDA than anything else. But, um, but some of your Netflix shows, some of your other favorites, your Yellowstone, sort of all of that, you, if you really bleeped out every word or put a car horn or whatever it was. It'd be was, like flipping through TikTok or YouTube shorts or something where you just have like 30 seconds and then another 30 seconds and another 30 seconds. Right. And then it would never – you would just – you would never be able to – hear the full sort of conversation or it sound like they had a bad stuttering problem or you're just in a busy street there in New York City you would never make it make it through I, and you know I just still don't get that's my rant for the day I don't get why they need all that they don't but it feels like they just continue to need to do it in that way I don't know I start to sound I really do sound like my parents Right, like, and then you get you happens re- to the best of us. You really do get to a point in your life where you're like, "Oh man, I really do." I sound like my parents, which isn't a bad thing. You, but you don't recognize that until you are sounding like your parents, and then you realize, "Huh, maybe they had a little insight into." There was a method to the madness. There was a method to the madness. Rhett and Ridgeland says, my eight-year-old will turn off the show if they say, OMG. Well, you are doing better parenting than I am. Could you imagine Pulp Fiction with a cuss buster? Stephen Brookhaven. <laughs> it would be a short film. It would be a, a silent film, right? Like you wouldn't hear. That's no, not that bad, but yeah, it would It would definitely shorten the film. Well, would it? I wonder how much time then it would take up in terms of, well, the cuss buster doesn't take the word out. True. It just bleeps it in some way that you can't that you don't hear it but but how your mind works though even if it's a little mind 
if you hear the bleep, you automatically in your head go to filling in the blank. Yeah, you're rolling through a Rolodex of words you're not supposed to say to figure out which one went there. Which one went there? Which one would mom have used? And because you know there was a there's a gap there of something I'm not supposed to say or see. That's the same way I appreciate people who want to put out more wholesome things. And I've been I will do it as well. But you screenshot or take a meme that's got maybe a word that doesn't really reflect how you want to be portrayed. So you will doctor it up and put the little line or whatever over it to bleep and, and bleep it out. But then you put it out into the world. And it's like everyone who reads it, it's like looking under the they know exactly what said whatever is supposed to be. But I do appreciate at least a little bit of effort to, you know, to block it from. It might not be squeaky clean, but at least you're trying to keep it clean. <laughs> you're trying to keep it. You tried. You had an A. You get an A for for effort in uh, in sort of that way. What other Yellowstone would be another one? I just don't think they'd make it through it. I don't think there's a single show on HBO that you could get away with. I never watched Game of Thrones. I know there was a lot of body parts. Not a also- whole heck of a lot of cursing compared to the amount of body parts on display. <laughs> I don't know which I'd rather. It was, it was either. Body parts or blood? That was the that was the drinking game. You'd be picked before the episode which one you think is going to show up first. And if you're right, you don't have to drink. Lord, come save us all. Just come on back. Stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you got the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here Monday at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. I can see good things for you tonight. Yeah, good things for you tonight. Yeah, good things for you tonight. Yeah, good things for you. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.